This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. And uh, we're heading across the Tasman for this episode on our uh, list of daily season previews and going to Jason Oliver, aka Jason NRL on Twitter. Big Warriors fan, really good NRL writer. How are you? G'day, fellas. Looking forward to a good chat. Yep. Um, so the Warriors are obviously a bit of a... Uh, Sore point emotionally for Mitch at the moment. <laughs> so we might have to tread lightly through <laughs> some of these issues. But uh, I suppose we can start with looking back at last year, mate. I mean, the Warriors had a much more uh, disrupted season than everybody else, I think it's fair to say. So I guess, what are your takeaways going away from that? Um, I don't typically subscribe to the I'm proud of my team when they <laughs> don't make the top eight stuff. But after last year, with everything they had to deal with, uh, getting the coach sacked after, was it six rounds? Um, having Todd Payton come in as a bit of a magician. Um, yeah, they exceeded my expectations and I think everyone over there, I think Campo said they might win one game after round six. I remember that one. Yep. Um, yep. So to, well, they Cop went eight that games. Nick Campton. Yeah. Right. Can't, what? <laughs> Nick Campton making a terrible prediction. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remembered that one as soon as he sent it, but uh, they—I think they were within the top eight or mathematical chance up until round eighteen, which was pretty mental. After thinking about it at the end of the season, yeah, I guess. Um, how disappointed were you that Todd Payton uh, it didn't decide to stick around? Uh, I'm probably still not over that, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I ever will be. It's going to be painful to watch him. I think he's going to be one of the top tier coaches sooner rather than later. Um, it's going to be painful to watch him sort of become one of the top guys while the Warriors probably rotate through another couple in the next few years. Yeah. and um, But, it, you know, if you can't have Todd Payton, the hottest young coaching prospect in the game, it's, it's important <laughs> that you at least get a nice consolation prize. And uh, you've gone with the guy who had the worst season of any NRL team in the past uh, 25 years. So that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, anyone that follows me on socials will know that I um, don't have a huge expectation for Nathan Brown at the moment. Um, it's not really done enough to sort of warrant just assuming he'll come in and make a difference. Um, it's one of those things that, mate, with fans, right? You have to have some hope. You're just like, it sucks. It's like, same thing with me. I don't I really yeah. want Kevy as a Broncos coach. I try to talk myself into it so much. And it's just like the moment, like this stuff today with Croft, apparently it's like, oh yeah, I remember. This is why this guy sucked as an origin coach. He played Moses Mbai and that kind of stuff. It's like, Brown, you got to have some hope there, mate. You're just what, hoping a confluence of events that happens and what, they're good? <laughs> like, I don't know. I would love nothing more than to be wrong and be yeah. told I'm a dumbass in a year's time because they made the top eight or whatever but i don't think it will be it's that is of- an interesting thing with like anytime you have fans who express negative opinions about players or coaching appointments or whatever it's like you get that other sort of mealy mouthed smarmy aspect uh, of the fan base who criticizes you for not getting behind the team as though like you talking shit on the internet has any impact on what happens on the field like obviously you want nathan brown to succeed but there's a difference between wanting something to happen and expecting it to happen 
Yeah, I think the Warriors fan base is pretty split down the middle. There's plenty that'll just jump on because he's wearing a Warriors jersey now. And the others, uh, they know better than to expect the Warriors to be any good and proceed in the <laughs> I, um, What you mentioned then, Bunga, was my entire 2019 season on Broncos Weekly. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, and I guess the same thing I can be said for Jason. Actually, there's no losing here for you in terms of your opinion because you'll be if you guys if Brown sucks, like well, yeah, I knew he was going to suck, but if he gets good, it's like yeah. well, I don't care about being wrong. My team's good, but you still hate to sit there thinking, you know, this might be Rogers last year at the club. Who knows the future? Well, sorry, it is his. Sorry, it might be Torhu Harris's last year at the club. Who knows no, no, what no, this? No, no. Who who knows what else they're doing? But yeah, it's like. My last year of Roger in the Warriors jersey is going to have Brown, the coach, and then Gus Gould, the Twitter mouthpiece, calling you Warrior, not Warriors mm. for some reason. It could, like, the, I, the season could go either way. And with Jazz Tavanga possibly playing hooker in round one, that's just a nice little way to get things started for the year. Yeah. Um, so you picked up a few interesting players in the offseason. Adam Fanua Blake's obviously a very good player. Ewan Aitken's an interesting one. Bailey Searn, I thought, was pretty handy for Souths last year. Is there anyone you're looking at in that sort of cluster of guys that you've signed to make a difference for you this year? Um, it's got to be Fanua Blake. Will be If we get 2019 Fanua Blake, that Warriors pack can be pretty good. He can get them up the field, and I like how he might be able to work with Toru Harris. Um, depending on how they use Murdoch Masilla, he could be quite interesting on the edge. Um, but it's Fanua Blake. If we get the good version, he could be a real difference maker. He's the guy. The Warriors haven't had a consistent 140, 150-meter prop for quite some time. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning – so you, you, you know this. Every year with the Warriors – People don't pay attention until you guys like take the field round one. But you were on the pulse there. Like Joseph Unger was pretty much going to be out of the round one seventeen, and now he's the starting hooker, and uh, that doesn't fill you with hope. I know Egan looks like he won't be out very long. I think it's only a couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, it it doesn't really start your season off well, does it? And I honestly think I don't know your opinion on Wade Egan. I think that's a big issue you have in that side, that hooker position, and you'll have that issue all year. It feels like for me, no matter who's there. Yeah, I'm not, like, they say he's going to try to play 80 minutes. I don't know if he's got 80 in him. And even if he does, is it going to be an effective 80? Or is he just going to be a passenger so they can save a sub? He's He didn't light the world on fire last year. And he's certainly not good enough to have no backup hooker on the roster at all. <laughs> so what are your expectations for this season then? Well... They're a lot different to how I felt sort of the end of last year. Once you get to simmer on Nathan Brown preseason for the summer, um, the expectations, are, well, the hopes would be that they're roughly the same as last year, finish 10th or 11th, um, hopefully score a few more points. But the expectation is I think they might be a bit more up and down. Um, Todd Payton really sold the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity gear last year, saying an Aussie. And I don't know how Nathan Brown is going to be able to get them up for 25 rounds because it's now a twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity and they might not be as keen. Yeah, and so do you, I, I, do you worry at all? Like, obviously, COVID, it's not... I mean, it seems like we've 
past the worst of it, but it's it's still that lingering sort of, I guess, sense of dread for you guys in particular that uh, that if things take a turn for the worse again, your season will be probably much more adversely affected than any other clubs. Do you think that way? Do you think that weighs in the mind uh, mind of the people involved with the club at all? Um, I think the almost teasing of a Trans Tasman bubble and Mount Smart still being the apparent home game in round five might sort of mess with them a little bit more. They're almost they're so close to a normal season and going home, but we can't be far away from them telling us that they're staying in Aussie until at least August. Yeah, exactly. And um, so let's look at let's try and find some positives then. So who's a who's a veteran player that you think is in for a big year? It can be it can be anyone that that sort of has been involved with the club or it can be a new signing. Like who, who's someone that, that you're expecting big things from? Well, he was the Warriors' best last year, so he's already had the big year, but not many people really noticed. Um, but Torhu Harris will be massive. The move into the middle, I'm very excited for that. He played a lot there last year, even though he's named on the edge, but he's full-time middleman now. And with the way the game's going, the ball ballplayers... Um, yeah, he's, he's going to do it differently to Victor Radley and Cameron Murray. I think he might offer a little bit more around the ruck, a couple of tip-ons. He played 5-8 for the Kiwis once upon a time. So, Mate, halfback for the Storm. <laughs> he's got yeah, it all. He's, he's going to be he's gonna be called a ball-playing back rower, but I think he's going to be different to, uh, to the Radleys and... Yeah, um, Murray's with just he'll be able to play a bit shorter while also being able to throw that sweeping pass from second receiver. I think that's fair. I mean, this this is a question specific to you guys. I mean, are you worried at all about Roger knowing that? I mean, his head's already been turned by rugby, and this is this is the, the end for him. Really, are you are you worried at all that it, you know if things, I guess, don't start well? You know, you guys start off with a pretty pretty bad losing streak that the that he might you know just pack it in or. I don't think if he gets on the field and stays on the field, I don't think we're going to see anything short of 100. But if he starts to maybe get a niggle in round 18, 19, and mm-hmm. it's no chance of finals, uh, one of those sort of a dodgy ankle might become a season-ending ankle injury for just a business decision. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that has to be a concern at least a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I mean... What about on the other side, mate? Uh, is there any young players that people should keep a lookout for this year? Um, well, with Roger leaving, there's going to be plenty of chat around his replacement. Um, Rocco Berry will be the team or the player heaps of Warriors fans talk about because he's got a cool name and his dad was an All Black. But it is a cool name. Ideally, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> ideally. He doesn't play this year because he's come from Union. Um, he really needs some reserve grade in him. Uh, Paul Turner will be another one that gets mentioned. He was pretty good on debut last year, but I'm not sure he or the club quite know what position he should be in the long term. He could be talked about as a Nicarima uh, replacement. So he's off contract at the end of this year. Um, but if Roger went down in round one, I would have Hayes Perham at the back straight away. It is a great name. He's only played he's only played nine first grade games, not a fullback yet. 
but he's got all the skills to be a really good uh, ball runner at the back. He doesn't quite have the ball skills, but neither does Roger. They'll make do with the ball players they've got. But Piram is the guy. And if he doesn't start getting consistent footy, someone will pick him up and he'll go score 80 tries on the wing for the Storm or something. You've got a lot of those guys like coming through now that it, that it's hard for me to nail their position in first grade. And I think Hayes is one of them. Uh, I think Adam Pompey is another. And, I, and I, you yeah. mentioned, um, not before Rocco. Paul forget, yeah, Paul Turner. All three of those guys, I don't know exactly where their first grade future is. I know Pompey's played outside backs and Hayes might play there somewhat. But I guess fullback is an open spot opening up for you guys. But yeah, just an interesting problem to have. Especially when I don't think, I don't really think Aitken and Hiku are locked in for 24 games. <laughs> you know, like those guys have uh, form in them that they can get dropped out of the side. Hiku had a pretty good year last year, but, you know, I, I just think, you know, you actually have got interesting back options this year. It's no longer someone goes down and you get somehow John O'Reilly or Blake Ashford playing. You know, you've actually got some good guys yeah. there, which is great that Nathan Brown's got his hand on him. <laughs> Gerard Beale was always oh. a chance of making the squad last year, but yeah. a couple of them can fall over, and we can be pretty confident in their their the replacement. Especially Pompey, he was really good last year. Yeah, just, sorry, no, something yeah, so, yeah. that confusing this off season. I mean, I, I thought Jack Murchie would be better than he was last year. He's still okay. The Bailey Sirian and stuff was weird. How he resigned with South and ended up at your lot like five days later. And it looks like he's going to start on an edge. I'm not crash hot on, on your back row options. Like Torhu Harris, everyone knows, who's listened to this podcast for the last four or five years knows he's one of my favorite players in the competition, one of the most underrated forwards in the competition. But he was so good in the middle, he has to be there. Yeah. Was. So it's just like, I'm not in love with the idea of like, is it Siren and Murchy, bit of Murdoch Masilla on those edges? I don't know. Like, is there anyone I'm missing? Like, is Josh Curran playing on an edge? Like, that's. It's all disgusting to me. <laughs> it sounds as though Murdoch Masilla will be predominantly on the edge. And Katoa has 80 minutes in. Oh, yeah. God. Whether or not they want to do that. Katoa, I'm forgetting injury, obviously. Uh, yeah. Katoa is the good one. Probably, <laughs> they could probably keep Katoa out there for 60 and find 50 minutes for Murdoch Masilla. And Surinam's good enough to float around both edges if he, uh, if he has to. And he's a good. Uh, utility option. He can go in a hooker. If he I was to. pretty good last year. It was, well, the thing, um, the thing Jason touched on there, and he's a student of the game. Our good friend Jason here, he knows. But clubs aren't actually looking at anymore. They're not really looking at two eighty-minute back rowers. You'll start seeing a bit more this year. There are a few teams that are looking to run the hooker longer or run that lock hooker hybrid guy. But actually, we might be seeing more guys using you know six back back rowers, sixty minutes each. Like if you remember about a decade ago, that was still a thing. But it's gone away recently. So you might actually see teams, as you mentioned there, you might have Ben Murdoch, Mosilla, Katoa, Siren, and all play like 50 to 60 on, a, on an edge rather than what we're so used to, everyone being 80-minute back rowers. Like, and I guess that, that helps when you have a guy like Murdoch, Mosilla, not, not hoping that he'll play the full 80 because it was faster game. I don't think anyone's relying on a, a guy that size to play 80 minutes on the edge. No, I don't think. I... I... Still would prefer to see him have a crack in the middle just for the yeah. balance of the team because I quite like what Murchie did um, the, over the back end of last season. He was a bit, he didn't start great, but he trimmed down a little bit and he was really good the last few weeks. But uh, yeah, Murdoch Masilla, he could do the destructive uh, kick out thing on the edge. 
But yeah. I think they're going to want a bit more. You've got that with Katoa on the left. I don't know if they need to yeah. have both. It's a bit one-dimensional on both sides. I think if I, if I was coaching the side, and they're not the same type of player, but I'd like to use him like Sofa Solomona's role at the Storm, 40 minutes off the bench, yeah. but they do edge run him often. You know, just get him running at the edges. And you can play in the middle and have a couple of runs on the edge. That's what I'd like to see him do. And maybe that's his role evolves to that. But you're not not exactly beefed up through the middle outside of Torhu and AFB. I mean, that's a pretty great start. But, yeah. yeah. And whatever was... whatever happened to the corpse of Lisa Narmau as well, of course. Torhu <laughs> sending uh, Ben Murdoch-Masilla a bit wider, kind of like you said with Solomon. That's it, mate. Um, I'd like to see. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, the running in pairs or him tapping the ball on similar to who there would be great. And then you have guys like, if you have a big edge runner like Merkel Masilla and you have those nifty guys like Cody Nicarima at the back of shape with Tohu going to the line, that's actually a bit of a dangerous shape there. We're still having a Katoa yeah. outside as well. Like, I don't know. Let, let's mean you get a chalkboard. We're going to draw this up. We're, we're, gonna, yeah. <laughs> we're sending it into Brown. Tohu ran, <laughs> ran 170 metres a game last year. So he's going to be. He's not someone that defense is just going to assume is going to shift the ball on when he gets it. They got to yeah. respect him as a runner. So um, he's the, he's the king, mate. He's at the top of my like free agent list. You know, if I'm running a club, how right old now, is he now? He's twenty nine. Okay, twenty nine off contract. And I off feel contract. Like I'd <laughs> I did... love to have him at Brisbane, and I'd give him the captaincy the day he walked in. That's fair. That's the kind of player mm. he is. I mean, I, I'm not always a Jamie Sauer guy, but I did love this line in his season preview. He said, if the five hyphenated names can have their best year, the Warriors could push for the eight, which is, I think, a pretty funny line. <laughs> and is, do you think word. there's any truth to that, Jace? For people at home, that's Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Chanel Harris-DeVita, Adam Fanil Blake, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Jermaine Tanil Brown. I think the key there will be how Harris-DeVita goes. He's, I like what I see from him, but he's not sort of a drag a team into the top eight half at the moment, and yeah. Nicarima is much better, a uh, little bit further out the back, not as the primary half. He's a lot better popping up, and he worked well with Katoa last year, but if Chanel can sort of wrestle control of the side a bit better and give us a bit of that attacking flair that he seems to have put a lid on, um, I think I can dream about the top eight, but <laughs> if you can bring I'll probably... You could steal Nathan Friend, bring him back and play him at nine. I'd be pretty happy about that spine. Like get someone who's yeah. a bit more bit more direction there and have Harris Avita and um and Nick Rambert just doing their thing. But it's gonna be an interesting blend, hey. Yeah, well, I guess I'm waiting for who's it gonna be, Nathan Peets or Danny Levi if uh, Wade Egan goes down for a bit longer. <laughs> Yeah, well, mate, I don't think Brownie's taking Danny Levi. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, go, yeah, go um, there. Um, there you go, Vanguard. Sorry, no, mate. you go. No, all yours. All right, uh, Jace, what's... um? Obviously, it's a little bit different for the Warriors because they don't really have rivalries, but uh, what's a match you're circling into your calendar? Is it just the first one you can go to again, or...? Well, I have circled... I would normally circle Titans and Broncos when I was living in Brisbane. Yeah. Especially getting down to Seabus because it was always a Warriors home crowd. Probably won't be this year because the Titans are good, but you could always rely on the Kiwis to get down the Goldie. Um, and those are actually around 23 and 25. So if Auntie Cindy gives us our uh, open border, I might be <laughs> making a trip. But... I would say the Storm Anzac game, even though they hung 50 on us last year, it's 
win-win. Warriors either play well and I get to watch them match it with a good team or yeah. I get to watch a masterclass storm just tear them to shreds. You'll always have the Michael Witt game. Um, <laughs> I get so. What? Um, where do you see these guys finishing? I mean, obviously, Mitch and I are not high on them. That's no secret. I've actually got you guys last, and the fact that the market for the Warriors getting the wooden spoon keeps getting keeps the odds keep drifting further and further out is just baffling to me. I they've never actually won the spoon. Most people are surprised to hear, but I don't think they're going to be that bad, even. With my skepticism around Brownie, there's too much, too much good, just natural talent on the team. They normally avoid the spoon by winning a few games at Mount Smart. So unless sort of Gosford becomes, if they can't turn that into a bit of a home away from home, then maybe wooden spoon. But I'll put them closer to 10th, 11th, 12th, 10th being a very good season. What about you, Mitchell? Yeah, it's. I'm really trying my best. If people listen over the last year, they might know as well. I'm trying my best not to death ride other teams. You know, I've been trying, but then they put Griffin and Nathan Brown back in the league and all. They test them for patience. But um, I have them 14th, and I think it's a tragedy for me to have the Warriors 14th on my predicted ladder. But I just I can't move past the coaching, and I can't move past that. It was such an outlier, as Jason said, to. to be galvanized last year and turn up like they did. It's hard for me to think that if they get stuck in Australia again, that they can really do that again. You know, the sequel's never as good as the original. So if they can't take games home, I yeah, I see them just fading as the season goes on. I know they're scheduled for round five, but that feels so optimistic still that round five is going to be. I don't think it's a, I'm sitting here in lockdown right now. We're not getting an open border in six weeks. No way. And uh, yeah, so it's it's just a tragedy because actually there's a few holes in that roster and Sean Johnson's off contract. Come on, Sean. <laughs> mm, <laughs> there's yeah. a few holes in that roster, but I actually kind of like like 13 of the starting 17 and I kind of like some of the young fellas. So I just, yeah, I just hate that the man who's been given the, the sport to work with. I hate that mix. There's enough there to be optimistic. I can still put my Warriors eye patch on. And- yeah. I mean, sort if you, if you don't have hope, hopeful. Yeah. If you don't have hope, what's the fucking point? But, but I hated most of the signings bar Fenor Blake, though. Hey, like just Montoya, just uh, Kane Evans, like, uh, like just. But then why. I think that I speak to you about it before about the Kiwis. Signing Kiwis is good, but there's not a lot of point if you're overpaying them like they are to get the big guys. But then they're turning. They lost Adam Kieran for Sean O'Sullivan. Which yeah. I would have Kieran. He's a lot more Every versatile. Fitter, more versatile. Uh, Patrick Herbert into Montoya. Um, Papali'i looked really good for the Eels the other day. Um, yeah, that was a weird one. I thought Evans he was great take his in spot. limited opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Roach, I can kind of cop because he's always injured, but the Eels got him on a, a development contract. Yeah, I can't believe that was allowed, by the way. That. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, just, he is, if he can just stay on the field, he's going to be a very good hooker. And I yeah. just, I would rather if they just had took the risk on his knee again. But he's another one who might be a bit like Todd Payton, watching Roach <laughs> just run around for another team, tearing it up. Yeah. And last question, um, who's your grand final prediction? 
Uh, I've changed it a couple of times over the last few weeks, but I think we might get we might hit the rivalry jackpot with Roosters Rabbitohs. Um, I like the bunnies. But I don't know if my heart could take that. I losing to them the in a prelim is one thing, but ugh, the thought of losing them in a grand final. It would be ideal for the neutral, and I think they're being slipped on just a little bit after they yeah. finished pretty slowly last year, but we always talk about how hard it is to win back-to-back premierships. Mm. They did it, and now people are a bit surprised that they were kind of tired at the end of the third year. Yeah, so I think that's <laughs> being a bit understated a little bit, and their team is still very good. They'll have Boyd Cordner come in relatively fresh at the end, halfway through. I still think they're. A, I think they'll be in there on the grand final day. Yeah, de- definitely got that. We spoke out on the Roosters preview, but I just see it, feel like Roosters might have that run on them when they throw like Sam Walker in after like eight games. And then he's just... You guys have to stop by, putting this evil out here. He just starts killing it by the time, like by the end of season and has that like red hot young fella season where he's over... Things are just going well. He's overthinking too much, whatever. You know, sometimes those young halves just yeah. come in the right situation and they have like their best year at 18 or 19. 2011. Yeah. I could totally see that type of thing happening for the Roosters. I hate this. Let's the rest stop of talking it's set up about so it. Well. And, so, <laughs> and people are so focused on like Suwali being overhyped, but it's like... I have like such zero doubt he's going to kill at the moment from the moment he plays. And they, they actually need a bit of backline depth too. So if he can play early on and play center or whatever, that'll be fine. Um, before we go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon. Um, we just continue to keep bringing in new patrons every time we record pretty much. Um, I'm blown away by you guys. We've also had our first handful of our yearly patrons, Mitchell. We have. You can now sign up and pay for the full year. I think you get like a 5 or 10% discount. You yeah. can do that. And it's actually not too bad if it's in the two-buck tier. Get it out of the way. Sure. And it, pretty much if you're just joining to do the Shinazi Shield tipping competition, that's probably an option you want to explore. Yeah, so. it costs you like I think it costs you with the discounts. It's like it's usually three dollars a month. It's like thirty bucks or something. Yeah. To buy it for the full year. It's down at reasonable. And think of all the hours of entertainment you'll be getting. The Discord's but, popping off though. I'm not not even kidding. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised by that. All right. Um, so shout out to Dave, Carlo Tyson, Bert Andrews, Frankie, Dan Cullinane, Harvey G, Chris Slade, Matt Coleman, Maddie McP, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, Butsy, Ty, Simo, Wayne Ritchie, Jason, Matthew Duggan, Tom Hardy, Razor. I think that's a new one. Thank you, Razor. Uh, Old Mama Bear, Jace G, Thor Laycock, Maddie Jenkins, Josh Brandon, Morgan Watkins, Doc Hogg. Both Razor and Doc Hogg, I think, are two of the yearly patrons, I think. So, Oh, no, no. Doc Hogg is not, but I think... I'm reading this wrong. Neither just of them big, are. Just a big fan of the name, Doc. I got confused by the, the second column where they've got weird numbers, but it's because of the conversion rate. Anyway, Ben Wallace, an anonymous backer, Leon, Cam Beswick, CTO, James K, Jake Harper, Ando, Adam White, Blake Moretti, Stephen Hickey, and Reese Brown. Reese is a yearly subscriber. The first one to put to just put their nuts on the table and give us <laughs> give us a three-figure sum in one hit. What a king. Yeah. Yeah, good on him. The, he deserves, we should give him a special title in Discord. Yeah. I'll do and, it after uh, this. Jason, plugs. Give us some plugs of your stuff. Yep. Um, follow on the socials. Click the stuff that I write so I can get paid. And check Rugby League writers. People say they want to read about analysis or on-field stuff. We're trying something different and doing that. So give it a look. It's really good. What's in that? The Oscar... 
Pan, what's his name again? Oscar Panafix. Panafix. Yeah, you and Oscar do some real good stuff over there. So people should go check it out. It's um, as you said, it's probably the only deep dive rugby league editorial site out there. Most other guys are a bit more stats based. You guys are a bit a bit you know a bit of either, but you know it's pretty good stuff. You know, you've also yes, got your, your gifts. You got your gifts in there as well, mate. You know, I don't, I don't know what lines you're crossing with them, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. trying to be on our best behaviour, and it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission or something. That's damn it. right. Yeah, Jason is a great follow on Twitter. If you're not if you're not following him, you should. Um, if you need to unfollow someone to do so, unfollow Nick Campton. He'll understand. Um, all right, uh, Jace, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, if the Warriors go on some silly run and are near the finals. At, towards the end of the season, I'm sure we'll have you back on. I'm sure we'll have you back on anyway for some other reason. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Nathan Brown is inevitably showing the door halfway that, through that, next season. That's also fine. Yeah, I thought we're gonna have to have a Peter Volandis panel at some point this year. Me and the other Twitter sados. <laughs> we're gonna get like eight of us on here. <laughs> eight angry nerds. What a movie! <laughs> All right, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>